Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host is a man who has the distinct pleasure of almost sharing a birthday with Sir Liam Palmer of Worksop, everyone's second favourite Virgo, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good. Thank you, Rich. Though I would like to let everybody know that I do share a birthday with Wednesday great Petter Rudy. Oh, excellent. Almost as good as Liam Palmer. Can you believe believe our little Liam is 29 years old? Where does the time go? I know. I know. Next year it's going to be 30. It doesn't doesn't bear thinking about. (laughs) It's it's astonishing that those years of resale value are just whittling away from him. (laughs) It's mad to me to think that I have been, I've been watching him play football for more than 10 years now. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? That is it does it does make me look at my own life and um you know not get maudlin but you know it's a you know there's space for that to happen um let's let's move away from that so how's the week been treating you luke it's been nice of a nice little birthday weekend it's been a lot of fun um yeah i i was up in canmore yesterday which was beautiful it's all a bit smoky thanks to uh forest fires from california and and some from bc i think as well so yeah, it's a little bit smoky, but I've had a fun week. It's been good. That's good. And in, in regards to being a Virgo, um, you know, you, do you do you just exhibit a lot of those traits where they all seem to somehow end up being positive, even the negative ones, like a bad answer to an interview question? Yes. <laughs> I'm slightly yes, totally. cynical about uh, astrological signs. Turns out everyone's brilliant and a great friend and a great partner and a great lover and everything else. It's pretty fun. Doesn't matter when you were born. Uh, <laughs> but you're a bit complicated and different, a bit like the previous sign, um, but also the yeah the same. Uh, let's let's get on to. I think there's there's not been a huge amount of news, but I, I think the the news that happened was significant and going to deserve a, a bit of discussion. So let's. Let's scoot ourselves along to breaking hoo-hoos. Mainly, it's looking at the the match midweek, uh, the cup game where we got a very tidy win. Did you manage to to take it all in? I did through some uh, nefarious kind of schemes and also some uh, some connections. If you know someone named. <laughs> Richard Miller in the world, then uh, the world is your oyster. Um, but obviously with this kind of weird dynamic of what we have now, I mean, actually previous to the game, I was wondering and thinking, hang on a second, this game isn't on TV, but no one can actually get to see it anywhere. So in yeah. true last minute kind of pandemic fashion, it was announced on the day that, you know, fans would be able to, you know, spend £10 to see if uh, the technology works to watch a game of football. <laughs> Well, it's, um, it's but everybody in the UK and, and not internationally. So I guess it's probably some kind of international TV rights. But it it seems absolutely bananas. To be fair. At a time where the EFL are being rightly criticised for their sort of poor management, it sort of feels like a town council trying to run london or something like that like they, it just yeah. feels like a group of fusty old businessmen out of their depth and angry at the world is is sort of what the efl is um and 
Yeah, the fact that it now is basically like a logic puzzle to try and figure out where you might watch your club during their their sort of showpiece cup competition. You know, my first is in I, but not in Whisk, and my second is in... And if you can follow all the clues, you might be able to watch a, a stream of your football team playing Rochdale. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> It's really daft, but thankfully it was worth the effort to to kind of jump through those hoops and and figure out where to where to watch, uh, because uh, this was this was a sort of rare cup performance from Wednesday. It was rare. It's rare to see a Wednesday side brush aside a a, a, a tough you know a tough opposition team in in uh, in a cup. We normally end up dropping to their level and eking out. The sort of way, I mean, just weeks ago against Walsall, we kind of had our our usual sort of performance or closer to our usual sort of performance Mm -hmm. um, where, yeah, we sort of huff and puff, don't show very much of the quality that we should have that should separate us from the opposition and end up maybe eking out a win, maybe getting beat, maybe, you know, winning on penalties like we did. But this was just pretty much complete control from start to finish. Yeah, and really just um, across the board, you can just say and look and looking at a second stream that looked to go out and impress and play with cohesion and play as a team and plenty of application and skill to match kind of all around, even against a lower league opposition. There's just there were so many positives to take from this game that it, it felt weird to kind of come out of that as a fan and kind of look back on it and reflect because it felt like everybody felt that there was some kind of strange uh, second, you know, second string magic that was kind mm. of happened. It felt like at the end of it, a lot of Wednesday fans were really very incredibly positive about what they'd seen and on that situation. It seemed like it was such a surprise that, but it, again, it's it's adding to that great start and adding to that overall positivity. So it was a complete, yeah, completely changed starting lineup it was 11 changes from the weekend um and we had a sort of first start it was brennan's first start is that right was that his first game altogether for us definitely his first start i can't remember i can't recall if he's actually come off the bench i thought they said two i thought yeah i thought after the game they said two debuts which would give it to grant and, and brennan but they the back three of of brennan shaw and Burner just looked so comfortable and there was one great moment where the two the two youngsters like sort of one of them nodded it down for the other one in the middle and it it just looked so composed and they they kept the ball well but it wasn't aimless keeping of the ball it was always with like a look up and trying to spot passes further up the field and um we played through them we didn't try and look to go long all the time to two players up top in, in Adam Reach and, and Kachunga, who weren't going to win those battles. So we tried to hit them to chest and feet more often and got rewards for it over time. And I think, you know, we, we, we kept the ball better, we trained the ball better, um, and over the period of the match sort of slowly started to break them down. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a really lovely performance to watch. Uh, and another sort of tick along in terms of the progress that we're making um, so Fizzy um, or, or Delhi Bashiru um, seemed to grow through the game. He had some really nice moments and, and won the the free kick late on that kind of uh, we scored from and uh, that, that sort of closed out the game. Kachunga got on the score sheet. Uh, 
there's, there was nothing not to like, really. Mm. Would have been nice if Reach had grabbed one of his several chances. I think that would have really been the icing on cake had he not just completely spuffed that one where he smashed it against the bar and then plowed yeah. it wide. Yes. Yeah. But alas, maybe we're just being greedy with our requests at this point. That though. is, it is a bit greedy. It's definitely a bit greedy. But just in terms of the, you know, his personal situation and this rebirth as a forward, I think getting on the score sheet would be would be helpful for him. But again, this was another variation in his step forward. Um, it was interesting to see him and Odebajo kind of swapping over at times. So Reach would pull out onto the wing and he did put in some really good crosses from out there and, and Odebajo kind of like plowed his way into the to the, the box. Um, he had a sort of impressively all-action type performance on, on one flank and, uh, and Palmer looked classy on the other um and i thought hunt really stood out as as a player of quality he looked looked very at home uh unlucky not to score himself as well a couple of decent efforts uh that the keeper managed to to bat away but i think he had one with his left and one with his right that were sort of you know what really well struck and up in the top you know at the side of the goal kind of thing and and it, it was a stretch for the keeper but he he managed it um, and Windas continues his really great scoring record for us by by grabbing one late on and and kind of closing it out. Weird not to have those kittens towards the end of a match as well. Yeah, Eight. and you know dolls all round from the strikers is what we're after. Yeah, yeah, getting them all off the mark early doors is is fantastic, isn't it? It's, um, mm-hmm. It doesn't allow for hoodoos and odd things like that to build up. Uh, yeah, so many positives to come away from it. Uh, it, it was great. Um, anything else that you want to sort of report on that midweek match, Luke? No, um, I think that, that kind of covers it. <clears throat> Outside of that, in terms of news, you know, um, I guess the news that were we were we or were we not in for James Garner, but he signed for Watford. Yeah, on Friday. Yes. So a, a long kind of mini protracted kind of linkage there kind of came to a close. I think we were we were numbered amongst something like eight clubs that had shown an interest or something like that. I saw that was sort of the conservative estimate. Rumoured to be the best passer of the ball at, or at Manchester United, which sounds a touch hyperbolic, but uh, we'll... Um, we'll take that with the same level of salt, which is the guy from uh, F2 Freestylers who was told that as a youngster in Arsenal's Untouchables <laughs> reign, that he was the best player on the ball in the academy. <laughs> in the academy. No, yeah. in the club. Sorry, that was it, wasn't it? In the, club. In oh, the wow. academy, but in the club as a whole. So, Well, I mean, obviously, we saw a glimpse of him today. I thought he was a bit lucky not to... I, thought, I think maybe with the the, um, the the benefit of VAR, he, he may well have ended up getting a red today because <laughs> his sort of elbow smash on, uh, on Harris towards the end was uh it was violent completely uncalled for anyway i got you got a yellow for it but um that's spiraling way too far ahead uh so i've got to hold my hands up here with the, with today's game um a combination of uh an unplanned lion um uh, a, a day that kind of got away from me planning wise and um and unpredictable access to streams uh, meant that I was I got a few glimpses of the match on uh, <laughs> do you know Luke can you guess it's a pun 
can on a on a kind of sportscaster. Can you guess what Watford call their match coverage? Um, John Watford's son. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's Hive Live. It's, it's Hive Live. <laughs> okay, is there uh, Hornets? Hornets, yeah. Are Hornets in hives? Uh, they are for the purposes of uh, a pun on Five Live. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, so I kind of had on again, off again access that was more off than on. Um, I also like the fact now that the EFL has made streaming a match all tickets um, with an insistence that you tell them ahead of time that you're going to watch. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you, if you followed this, but it's like... Log in three months ahead of time and uh, buy your ticket two weeks in advance and let us know if you're going to watch. Uh, just so they can, you know, pay per, you, per you service. Don't turn up, you're not turning up pissed to give them some money. That's the that's the problem, really, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. That rowdy lot turning up late. Ah, uh, ridiculous. But anyway, eventually, I did. I, you know, I um, I had the the time and wherewithal to to go legit. Um, so saw the towards the tail end of the first half and, and all of the second half, thankfully. But any any, so it, it, it sounded like from the commentary that I'd missed Wednesday's better half of the two. Was that fair? You to had. Say? So what what kind of point did you have that uh, you joined then? Then well, so I, I, it was it was glimpses. So I saw Harris do a Harris. Um, I saw the sort of def- <laughs> that doesn't help me, Rich. That doesn't help me. Well, he said the one where he cut in and tried to curl it in with his left, but didn't. There was one of those. Um, I remember that. Yeah, I, I saw the that, I saw the moment. Yeah, I saw the moment that showed us that our defensive gremlins aren't entirely put to bed when Tom Lee's <laughs> nodded down beautifully for Glenn Murray to shoot on goal, um, and Dawson yes. then palmed it down for a second chance, uh, which thankfully he missed and was offside for. Um, and I also, okay, I mean, that was that was yeah. like the twenty fourth minute, I think. So. Yeah. It was weird bit of Should yeah. we just uh, talk about the lineup? I mean, it's great to Please see the same do. lineup again. Um, great to see the same lineup, you know, from the uh, re- victory away at Cardiff yeah. uh, last weekend, which was fantastic. No burner to be seen. Which again was the same, wasn't it? But it does make you wonder whether, yeah, whether he's he's lost a place in that pecking order at this point. It's maybe feeling a little bit that way. Yeah. You know, almost, does Monk not like burner? I'm I'm a bit worried we've maybe seen the best of Burner because I think towards the end of last season he started looking a bit done and t- and I don't know a bit slower and I think the the problems he gets into is he when he thinks he's a better footballer than he is he can, he can get sort of pressed or caught on the ball or or tries to do things that he's are just so like low percentage chance of coming off um, and it can put us in, in difficulties. And obviously he's never really, even at his best in games, he never really had much in the way of recovery pace, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that it seems like he's, um, he's dropped even further down that, that, that pecking order. But it's also a stranger for you to say, I think we've seen the best of burner when that was effectively about 90 days. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's three days. It's it's ninety day fiance of being a centre back, maybe. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, season two, different gravy. Second season of spitballing bad TV ideas. Really. <laughs> I, but effectively, that's it, right? That. It's basically the, like the first half of last season was the best burner to the point where 
we did a team of a decade and Rich put him in and then cropped him out of it. He's never um, he's never recovered from the weight of that. Much like the captaincy weighed heavy on Tom Lee's, the weight of being in team of the decade uh, really crushed Burner's spirit to the to the point of no return, unfortunately. No, I I, I hope like, I'm. It's it was a bit like Slow Tie getting the NME award and all the build up to that, and then him getting cancelled during the during the <laughs> award ceremony. So that was that was kind of Burner's Wednesday career in an analogy to Slow Tie. Yeah, I I hope I'm wrong, and I I think obviously players, our older players, are the ones that are probably going to feel the effect of that short. Or the exhausting restart and the short pre-season or the short short out-of-season sort of rest period, they're going to feel it more. But uh, potentially he can, potentially he's he can come back. You know, there's a, there's I'm not sort of writing sure. him off altogether, but I don't think it's outlandish to think that maybe Shaw is a better prospect than him at this point in time. Um, and it just this is all back, incredibly. Sorry, this is all incredibly damning, Rich. I mean, <laughs> is it or is it that Shaw has looked so good? I'm taking the positives in one game. Shaw in one game at centre back because we thought Sean was. A, we thought, thought that Shaw Shaw was a centre midfielder. He's converted now. At that age, it's a it's easy to convert. They don't know whether they're coming or going. These kids. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, to use a really crass analogy, but we've got the uh, we've got our we've got our Dutch Jesus Jesus Christ, Jos van Aken. <laughs> he's he's come out from the back of the um, of the stone, basically mm. out of his little cave. He's yes. come back out, and it seems we've given a quick baptism to uh, to Liam Shaw. For the <laughs> the waters of uh, blessing him as a centre back, like it's all a bit quick, really. So I'm a bit staggered that Burner's so quickly out the door. But then what I'm saying, <laughs> I don't sure. think he is out the door. Yeah. But what I'm saying with Shaw is, I think if you look at it from a, we've only got so many spaces on the bench. Shaw covers middle of that centre back pairing, right side of that centre back pairing, and presumably could play midfield as well or holding midfield as well whereas with burner it's like he's the left-sided center back that's kind of it yeah i think it's potentially it's a bit surprising we don't have two center backs on the bench given that that's three three positions within the squad it, you could definitely make a case for having having two center backs on that on that bench but then oh, palmer yeah. palmer can cover everything on that right hand side as well so i don't yeah it's I, i'm not i'm not I just say I'm just saying I'm not shocked. I think, <laughs> um, but it's not. I, I think it was it was pleasing to see the same eleven rewarded. Uh, you could make a case for several players having played their way into the starting lineup midweek. Sure, but but um, I, f- I just feel like the the as a base principle uh, having it that you if you play better. You know, if you well, no, if you if you play well, win your game, you get to keep your space in the in the squad in the team. Just feels like a good principle to have, barring injuries and suspensions and things like that. Um, so I, I I'm quite pleased that we sort of established that those guys did so well in the opening fixture that they get to get to stay in again. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, so I guess in terms of that, I mean, I can go ahead and kind of ramble about the first bit of football before you kind of join in with the proceedings, if you're quite happy with that. Yeah, please I'd do. Also, I'd also like to add that 
I basically looked at the bench and predicted the subs to come on, which I think I nailed it when I said Kachunga, Palmer and Reach coming on. Right, yeah, yeah, which is fair enough. <laughs> fair enough from what we can see, right? <laughs> and I guess, obviously, in a high-profile game against, you know, a pretty substantial team in this league, it was probably going to end up like that, really. I don't think it was going to be like... I didn't imagine us being 4-0 up and think, oh, well, give uh, give Shaw a run out up front, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Show it. Show it. <laughs> um, I, the thing I liked about the like the beginning is that, especially in those first half, is that like Watford were kind of were doing well and they were pressing high. You know, they were pressing us and they had a lot of energy. But we seem to, again, it's that that thing that we seem to match what other teams are doing. Yeah. But I felt that we seemed, especially in that first half, we seemed quicker and more receptive than Watford did. There were plenty of time we were pressing them. And we've deal, you know, they were pressing us, but we were giving them a bit of a press as well. And we're also yeah. we were playing with quite a quick tempo, and we're not really shaken or too looking too far out the proceedings. And I, I think yeah. that was kind of marked in the seventh minute. There was a really good interception by Brown again, and there was a quick interplay, and then he kind of worked it across. And we really just played with such a speed that it seemed like we really kept Watford na- napping. Nothing really came of that chance. It was, you know, some really good work to. Uh, for him to intercept and then kind of uh, string along with some other player. I think it might be Bannon who was out there who kind of fed him on the outside. Right, But yeah. it just felt like that kind of mood of like, we're really catching them napping, Watford here. Yeah. And, you know, there's also another chance on the 14th where like Harris did so well to just harry and pick the ball. And that might have been the point you saw that he did his Harris and he killed it over the bar. I was, yeah unsure as to whether he had like a lot of options on in that situation um i really didn't want to see him try and perfect the harris again you know <laughs> in that kind of situation but yeah. like the work he did and the kind of build-up of that was something so good um so and and the thing i the thing i want to say about watford is like i, I don't know if you really noticed this in what you saw in the second half or if you did i want to really like to see if you pick up on this as well rich but watford playing it short was just ridiculous i really no idea why they were doing it they were playing it short from you know from the goal kick yeah I... and it was just stupid like i mean i'm really glad they were doing it as a wednesday fan Yes. I said, but I thought I'd be livid as a Hornet or Golden Boy or whatever tedious moniker they give Watford fans. <laughs> so they seemed really keen to keep it in their own half in the first half. Like, I mm. mean, outside of that chance you've mentioned from, you know, I was just, I was pretty much feeling very comfortable and kind of daydreaming and zoning out looking at, you know, most of the pitch for the first half. Because it just, it felt very comfortable. There's nothing to really mm. give me the kittens apart from you know, Lee's placing a header into Murray's feet yes. and yeah. him just basically flacking one at Cammy and then Cammy flapping it back at whoever their player was, who very fortunately he was offside. Yeah. I think it was Pedro, but yeah, it's, um, well, that's good. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Cause it, it, that, that was another thing they were sort of alluding to second half is that suddenly Foster seemed to be, have, have been given the freedom to occasionally go long when it was almost like he was banned from it in the, in the first half. Uh, we, I think generally we are quite good at that pressing, but obviously there's managing when when you do it and how intensely you you do it. Mm. Um, so yeah, the other thing the first half, um, Windass, I just thought Windass looked really bright throughout mm. the game again. In a way, he reminds me a little bit of Kieran Lee. He's more attack minded, but the way he kind of like finds little 
yeah. bursts of 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 space and explo- you know explosive pace that you, just seems to come from nowhere. It does it does sort of put me in mind of uh, of the best bits of Kieran Lee, uh, and there was a few little escapes that he was he was a he was a touch unlucky not to not to make more of. Uh, what did you make of this? Was sort of later on in the half, but what did you make of the penalty shout? I thought it was a penalty. I'm really glad you yeah. brought it up because it, it really had to be a penalty because it's again it's some weird double standard of basically like this this would be a penalty in the Premier League, you know. Yeah. This would, would basically we'd have the cameras to say, yeah. Well, I mean, there's two things. Basically, the thing that I was more focusing on was him getting pushed over. But then what yeah. they were saying was, well, we clipped his ankles as well. So you've got two things there. There's no need for Windass to go down in that situation. And I no. really, honest to God, do not think that Windass is a player, from what I've seen, who would do such a thing like that. It was a great pace. I don't think he was going to do anything particularly wondrous with it, you know, on the tight angle against Foster. But we know that doesn't Foster's matter. A player. Do yeah. It doesn't matter. No, that's not an element. It's not like the element of, oh, well, it's a handball in the box. Oh, but the ball was going over anyway. So that doesn't really make any difference. Um, You're right, though. I but think I, is- but, I, but I feel like, unfortunately, it does sometimes. I think that does kind of play some mentality into what people think. Whether it's the situation of the referee think, am I going to really just completely, you know, blot my copybook by not giving this one? Yeah, and I, I, the interesting thing was I thought the referee was pretty good today, considering the hilarious. There was a lot of horror stories in the week, wasn't there? I don't know whether, yeah. what, what his previous was with uh, Wednesday, but there was lots of like this guy again, this Australian. <laughs> Didn't he give? Because um, because wasn't the hilarity of us thinking that you know we wondered with the Australian bias whether he'd be okay against Luongo? Wasn't he the guy who sent off Luongo? Against... That's what it was. Yes. Was it Reading we lost 5-0 at home or was it Blackburn? Was it the Blackburn game where we lost 5-0 at home Black- where Luongo went off? Blackburn, yeah. Blackburn, yeah. And we obviously appealed that and we got that turned around, but then we had the added uh, delicious irony seasoning that Luongo was injured. That and injured for months and months, wasn't he? Yeah. He was out for a couple of months, yeah. But I thought he had a decent game, but I, I really thought that was a penalty. Yeah. It, it, it definitely... I, I agree. I, I thought it looked... It looked like the sort of thing that, as you say, you'd expect to be given in the Premier League. But I almost think that's a difference in refereeing, not just the not just the the fact that there'd be VAR to watch it again. But I I think oddly referees, as you say, kind of wait and see what the chance kind of looks like. So was that person cleared out mm-hmm. from making a chance happen? And it doesn't seem to matter as much at the top level because. I know I maybe I've talked about this previously, but I've always thought potentially it should have a, a bit of a say on because Michael Owen and Wayne Rooney would would regularly win penalties where they kick the ball past the player, but straight out of play. And the fact that the player yeah. then makes contact with them, it doesn't matter actually that they had no chance of getting the ball that they've kicked past the player it's the contact that matters and i feel like yeah maybe more in the championship it's it's about would you have got on the end of it and would you have made that something of that chance and then okay that deserves a penalty whereas if you yeah if you kick it straight out of play a bit of a kick to nothing then mm. you're less likely to get the maybe less likely to get the decision interesting anything else from the first half sorry i cut, cut through a bit there 
just a bit of a weird kind of aside. I'm wondering, you know, as we're playing Watford, as we know that the Pozzo family owns Udinese, and uh, we've seen previously, you know, Nando has gone mm-hmm. to Udinese, but I generally wouldn't surprise if you wait a week or two and then the deadline, they bring him in on a, you know, a loan where basically they pay all his wages. Um, yes. So we know that Deshaun Chancery is a man with a lot of money, and I'm just wondering if maybe some of the more simpler ideas he hasn't thought of in ways to kind of deal with this um, FFP albatross. And I'm, I'm a bit disappointed why he didn't do just real-life football manager, solve our problems by buying a Belgian team, and then purchasing Pelopessi from us for £10 million. <laughs> You know, I'd love to see I'd love to see Gibson absolutely just froth at the mouth like he has rabies when that happens. <laughs> and us do something that's completely legitimate, but it just pisses the EFL off relentlessly, you know. Well it's it's interesting, isn't it, that all the talk when Watford went used this method to kind of go up was oh they'll sort that out, they'll stop them doing that again. And they haven't, have they? They haven't bothered. Like they're still going to be allowed to break the system, but yeah, but they'll just do. Loans. But that's the thing; they'll just do things like. But they they put a limit on loans, didn't they? Yeah. So there's a Which there's a, a slight but, but but then the problem with that is, and that kind of cripples some of the competition elsewhere. I mean, we've talked about the kind of um, we never really held a funeral for the lack of the emergency loan. No, but I regularly pour one out for it though. <laughs> Oh, we're pouring out some liquors for our dead homie. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. But I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the problem, though. You, you change it and there's always a next way around something. Yeah. So anyway, I can't wait to see what, I don't know, maybe we'll buy a French team or something. And then maybe obviously there's some uh, some talent we can get in that's better than some of, the, some of the crap we have right now. I don't know. But anyway, I think that's a retrospect, you know, tw- hindsight is twenty twenty, basically. Good luck. To, I, I mean, I, you know, it'd be. I, I'm fascinated to see what Forestieri does next. In a way, um, it's too. You know, whether there's anything, there is anything left. It just, it just felt like a lot of. I, I sort of like a, 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 one of my go-to comparisons is, is fight sports because I, I um, that's another thing I follow closely. And you, you do sometimes get fighters that that are they get so sort of over overtrained. They they do too many sparring rounds and just kind of making somebody flinch is kind of a win. And this, so the psychology of that going into a, a competitive match is that you don't actually throw the punch because making the person flinch and knowing that you had the moment was enough. And therefore you don't kind of clip your sparring partner. You don't hurt your hands, etc. And watching Forestieri has been like that, you know, you sort of almost, or the fact I could have beaten you or I could have had that shot was almost enough. It sort of pleased him on some psychological level, but he never actually pulled the trigger. Or when he did, it was always fairly tame or disappointing. So if he still got it, then fair dues. But um, I, I just would be, I'll be very surprised to, if he um, if he pulls it anywhere. Where, where I, know. I, uh, I think it's something I've been thinking about recently in the week, which obviously, um, you know, former Wednesday young starlet George Hurst, Mm. You know, it's uh, it's gone on to Rotherham, and I really enjoyed, you know, Rob Rob Statton interviewing him and saying, "What do you think of the whole connection? The fact that basically you were linked with these clubs, and then you went to Belgium, and then you went to Leicester." Yes, and him just playing a really awful 
straight bat to it. <laughs> I, I don't I don't expect any kind of level of brilliance kind of diplomacy. I'm sure they must have said to him at Leicester. If he, he I imagine he's not, you know, a stupid kid. No. Um, but I'm sure they said to him, "Look, here's what you say to them. You know, here's what you say in this situation." Because yes. basically, you can view and di- dissect that as in, you know, a series of, you know, sequential chess moves. But you know, you can say, "Oh, well, look, they're all they're all independent of each other." When actually, it's part of a tactic, really. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, very much kind of weird realms of that of playing Watford, who are a team who've kind of done that before, and maybe they keep needing to do something along those lines to kind of save them. I don't know about the. It's staggering looking at a team like Watford right now with you know the sheer squad size it's that massive. they have. I mean, you talked about the um, <clears throat> the interesting thing from I think it was wasn't last week; it was a week before. But the interview with um, was he West Brom CEO or yes, something along those lines? Yeah, yeah. Who um, said I wouldn't put limits on the finances, but I would put limits on the squad size? Yes. Which is an interesting take on it, isn't it? So, yeah, you're only allowed a certain number of slots, but you can kind of have at it in terms of the financial aspect. I mean, that that his perspective, it, it's an interesting interview if you if you want to read it. Um, we should probably try and remember his name. <laughs> um, but you this did is, send it to me, and I can send it to you. Yeah. You can pop it in the show notes if you want. Yeah, it was on the BBC we'll Sport. It, yeah, we'll pop, it, we'll pop yeah. a link to it in the short show notes. But he, this is the... the um, the West Brom uh, chairman or CEO retired as they got promoted back to the Premier League. And this was him now sort of freed from the shackles talking about the EFL. And one of the things he talked about is how poor the TV deal is and, and how badly they've managed that side of the the champion, well, the EFL in particular, but the championship um, specifically within that. Um, in fact, I think his quote on that is that no deal is better. It would be better than the deal that we have currently TV wise. So that's, that's one thing that's, that's interesting from, you know, from his perspective. Uh, but yeah, his, his thoughts on financial fair play and um, having wage limits and things like that. It's really quite interesting to see, because he's one of those guys who was in that position where, I'm investing in my local club. I want to make a good, you know, I want to make a good fist of it, but I'm not allowed to put the money in that I want to because of these rules, which I've, it has never made sense to me. I think as long as you can kind of show that you're not burdening the club with a massive debt that has to be paid down the line, you're doing all of this kind of in good faith, you're giving money over. I think you should be allowed to do that because otherwise, how do you become the next man city that kind mm. of spends a bit of cash and suddenly jumps a few echelons otherwise you have to do it by tiny increments with huge amounts of competition and uh, i think that leads to more people losing money in weirdly in the long run um mm. and whether whether the current rules have a positive effect or not we don't know but obviously in, with the pressure now added from not having fans coming in the EFL, in a lot of ways, is staring down a barrel, and their poor stewardship previously has has been a, a, a contributing factor to how how desperate the situation is going to get as we as we get further into this season with no no fans coming through the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that was a weird sort of digression. Uh, <laughs> so, exactly, so- but I I think there's a weird kind of feel, especially like coming up against a team like Watford, who I think I said in my season preview, I'm not particularly impressed with 
you know, their appointment for their manager. I don't kind of see. It doesn't even feel for a foreign appointment to be that high profile. Yeah, you know? but then I, I suppose more. I would say more than any other team, who they have as their manager at any given moment matters less because they have absolutely yeah. no qualms about chopping I, I you, the drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah, I know you have that viewpoint, and then but then it's the quality really in the squad, and I mean it's it's pretty packed through, even with some kind of big hitters missing mm. in this instance. I mean, this is a, you know, this is obviously a better result for us than it is for Watford. Yes. Effectively. Um, I, I guess the only thing I can really say from the first half that we haven't covered yet was nearly at the death as well. I want to say Rhodes rolled back the years and that those years were to last season when he headed against the post from the Easy <laughs> Brown free kick. Yes. Yeah. We we had a couple of decent efforts from free kicks. I thought, again, Izzy Brown's delivery is, is another step up from where we've been previously. Because uh, I offer had a decent one that he should have got on the end of. Was it definitely? It's interesting. Who scored? Has Tom Lees is hitting the post with an effort? Was that a separate effort, or have they misidentified? I think they've misidentified. Uh, it's interesting because there was also one Van Aken. I thought went close as well, and I'm not sure if that's the same. Anyway, one of our blonde players. <laughs> <laughs> mm. The thing I all want to say as well. We can mainly get into. Actually, no, I'm, I'm going to save this for about talking about the player. I've got a player in, you know, instance. Okay. But we'll talk about that when we do the wrap-up with the player it, review. Later I mean, I don't know that we need to go through a huge amount of detail. Second half, it wasn't without incident, but it wasn't huge amounts. There was a sort of, there was the lung-bursting run on the break from Harris where he powered through two or three people and looked for every bit like Antonio or somebody like that for, you know, days of, days of yore. Uh, but then mm. sort of, did a shot or a cross that was terrible? I can't remember. I can't decide which it was supposed to be, but it was really bad, <laughs> whatever it was. It was yes, either a terrible, yeah. terrible shot or a terrible, terrible cross. Tones of tones of JJ when uh, people were really kind of hoping for, you know, tones of Matt, Matt Hamshaw. Yes, yeah. But I loved that break on the run, you know, on the, uh, and it felt like potentially that could have been a, somewhere where we get a little bit of joy and I thought when Kachunga came on he really did help sort of stretch them a little bit because they they didn't look particularly mm. pacey at the back no but we didn't quite make the most of any of those those opportunities unfortunately mm-hmm. but half time you know this is we're 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 it's a good position to be in against a, a, a team that's highly touted, a very good team. Um we didn't nobody made any changes either side of the, the break. Um it was it, but it was more Watford's half, wasn't it? The second half, they, they they felt more dangerous and they created a fair few chances. I think. Yeah, I guess the interesting thing I wanted to say was um, the game stretched massively compared to the first first half. Right, yeah, where it felt where we were pinning them in against their own half, and also I think they were giving us a little assistance with that. I'm going to be honest. Mm, you know, the interesting thing that you said about you know Foster going long yeah. on the goal kicks. It was like, yeah, the game did stretch out quite massively. It, it seemed incredibly expansive compared to, I think I was just disappointed for the fact that we didn't, could have done with us created one or two more chances. I mean. It, it, yeah, I, my particular frustration, I would say, was we dropped so far off them. I think we showed them a lot more respect, but we dropped so far off them that we weren't able to then, what was so nice last week, you know, particularly with the goal, was capitalising on mistakes that are made at the back. And and I think more often than not, teams in the championship 
when they try and play around the back, even a good championship team like this Watford uh, team, you know, I think you've got a guy there that's a Belgian international and things like that. You know, these are good players. But still, there's rickets dropped. You know, there's there was a moment mm. where one of them let the the centre the middle centre back let the ball run past him, thinking that his partner was behind him and he wasn't. He'd gone to sleep. And like, unfortunately, I don't think we had anybody within ten yards to snatch onto that and yeah. make a chance of it. So that is a bit frustrating to to not to not even be in the conversation. You know, to drop so far back that we're not even in that conversation. Um, I must 16, say, from the second half. Is he going to say sixty-seven minutes? Is that what you're going to say? I, well, I was going to say sixty minutes was a was a. They had a decent. That was the sort of Perica yes. header, yeah, um, which Dawson saved well. But again, I don't. It's like there's something wrong with him that he has to give them another chance. <laughs> I, mm. I think he he did well today, but twice Harris absolutely had to bail him out because yes. Why does he? I don't know why you palm it out to the middle of the goal or palm it just a tiny bit to the left or whatever. It's like it always gives them another bit of excitement, another sniff of it. Surely you want to get it as far away as possible. I don't. I know it's. I know it's not ideal, but it's like I don't know. It's it's weirdly so built into the way he plays. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't want to go and ch- chase after the ball or something. Do you know, like <laughs> for knocking it out. Yeah. But a good, a good. That's the frustrating thing is it's a good save in the first place. It's just why do we need this extra bit of mm. drama? Uh, and Harris, for a guy who's actually a winger, really sweeps up well and is brave and gets in there. He did exceptional with that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we were sort of dropping back. We were giving them more and more control. Um, I don't think they did a huge amount with it more often than not. But it was just. You know, you you end up with Longo and Bannon on yellows as well. And I was a bit worried just given that I've been a Sheffield Wednesday fan for all these years. I, I sort of felt like I'd seen this. I've seen this episode before. <laughs> seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> um, Much like me watching um, any time I put on How I Met Your Mother, it's always that episode <laughs> where on the Hawaiian island. It's a bit like that, isn't it, really? Right. Yes, yes. No, there's no Sarah Chalk in this. Oh, for shame. <laughs> I've got to call out a great was, bit of defending by Jordan Rhodes. At the, I've, I've, not, I've noted it down at 66th minute, but it was the bit where, uh, yeah, where I think uh, he just outmuscled the guy in in our box, and and that gave a nice easy clearance to to Tom Lee's. And I've just got to, you know, you've got to we we criticise at, at times Jordan Rhodes often. At, <laughs> More times than not, I guess. But uh, that was that was really he was back working hard and being effective. So good on him. The, one of the bits I noted, which I just thought was so funny, I'm glad it was funny because it it seemed worrying. Was the 67th minute where oh, yeah. Bannon absolutely scythed their player, mullered oh. him down. Yeah, and it was very funny because I, I the commentary was um, John Pierce was like, I don't think that was a perfectly good tackle. I don't think <laughs> yes. there was anything wrong with that. Yeah. And they don't have the uh, they don't have the added benefit of seeing the uh, seeing the highlights that happen, so they can't redact that statement because um, <laughs> yeah, Bannon abs is scythed is scythed yeah. is the you yeah. know one of his legs absolutely bringing him down, bringing both of his legs down. This Watford player after the ball has been kind of pushed on a little bit yes. like what you're saying that the ball has since left the control of the player, but. They've drawn the foul very well. Oh yeah, no, that. Was and perfect. I was very worried from that free kick. It was cleverly, and I'm not sure the other player who was over it. Is it 27 who was over the, for Watford? 
27. Cabaselli? Possibly. I'm not entirely sure. I wasn't entirely sure who was there. Anyway, that Watford player who was, I think it was the same one who was brought down. Um, so the Watford player then absolutely rocketed it, the ball so off Bannon's head. The back yeah. of head. And I think the referee thought that it was a bit of double jeopardy because he already gave a yellow for, for Bannon. So <laughs> they didn't get a corner for that, despite the fact it just cannon off the backside of Bannon's head. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I feel for Bannon after that situation. I must admit, that was a little. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. He he also did a he did a thing where he tried to be too clever, taking mm. the ball out of the box and got and nearly got caught. There was just it was just there was lots of little like moments where Watford, if they'd done slightly better, we could have been in a bit of trouble. Like, um, was it cleverly who had the shots? Yeah, cleverly. Um, it was like a throw in that. Which we've seen a go- we've seen goal we've let in goals like that before a, a throw in that the player doesn't chest down he like rolls his body and rolls the man um, and it let cleverly mm. in a shot one on one with the keeper which again was a good save and again <laughs> Harris needed to come in and sweep up because he palmed it to the middle of the goal uh, the middle of the box uh, lots of slipping ridiculous amount yes. of slipping. From both they teams. mentioned that maybe some of the pitch was a little bit too wet. Yeah, yeah a lot of slipping was happening. There was a good, um, there was a bit of a break where Reach cut it back for Kachunga. That was a decent effort. This is getting on towards the end of the game now, really. But um, I don't don't want to hurry you. Um, but yeah, Kachunga sort of slipped over twice in short succession, where he had one chance with his feet that he sort of tried to turn his defender and turned himself. Uh, and and uh, then we got another little sort of sniff after that where he uh, he slipped over rather and ended up heading it rather than controlling it with his his legs, which would have made more sense. Um, and I think probably the best chance for Wednesday, at least in the second half, came in, in time added on where uh, Kachunga played a lovely ball down the line for Palmer and Palmer stood up a great cross for the, in the middle of the box sort of penalty spot area, but uh, unfortunately Izzy Brown didn't quite make the most of his header. I don't know. I know he's a tall player. I don't know how much of a threat he is with his head, to be honest. Uh, he didn't yeah, really he just... Like he wanted that very much. He didn't catch it very well, because, I mean, there's so much yeah. pace on that cross. Perfect cross. Such a brilliant cross from Palmer, from birthday boy Liam Palmer. Oh, birthday happy, boy, yeah. Happy, happy 29th birthday to Liam Palmer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it was disappointing that he he didn't catch it very well at all, really. Oh, but um, but you know, tough game. But we we've come out with a clean sheet. Uh, and I mean, if we were asked beforehand, we would absolutely have taken four points from these first two games. Definitely, yeah. Two two teams that are rightly you know thought of in the in the in the promotion picture by almost you know every pundit that you that's that's voiced an opinion on it and our win against cardiff looks sometimes wins or losses age better or worse compared comparative to how the team does in t- over time um i remember one i remember a few seasons ago when we got our sort of we, we drew nil nil with sunderland and like within about three weeks that was actually went from being well, maybe it's a good result to no everybody's pumping Sunderland we should, we, that was a bad result but Cardiff mm. Cardiff won 2-0 uh, earlier uh, earlier in the day and um, oh no I forgot uh, Kiefer Moore scored both those goals so last week's performance where we completely kept him out of the the game and and handled Cardiff 
is, is looking pretty good in retrospect. It's not that Cardiff are a terrible team or they've dropped off massively because they went away to to Forest and got a really good win. And and I think over time, this Watford team are going to give so many clubs headaches. We we maybe should have done better and got a goal in the first half, and we we weren't exactly clinging on second half. I know I was sort of joking about having seen you know, seen this before, are kind of slowly going back and back in the field and giving them more chances. But it wasn't, they had one clean-cut chance, we had one clean-cut chance, and neither neither Mm. of the team took them. That's that's the kind of stats of it. Um, I think they had one more shot on target than us. So it wasn't like we were backs to the wall and clinging on for dear life. Um, Yeah, any other thoughts in summary before we we go to some... I just... I just think that, that, you know, there's very much a feel to what we're talking about, of a feel of a missed opportunity. A little bit, there's a bit of that. A little bit. And I, I, considering that, I think a lot of people were saying, some people were saying that was some of the best football we've played for a first half. Mm. And I, I, I think it's incredibly powerful to come out of this and say, we're disappointed we didn't win against Watford. Yeah. Because I wondered and felt that coming into the last 20, 20, 15, 20 minutes of this game, thinking, is this going to be a classic kind of monk thing where are we going to nick this? Because it looked like, I think we matched them for most of the game. I think they were probably the slight better, especially going on the chances they created in the second half. Mm. Um, but really, that's that's a real credit to us and how we played today. It was it was very solid. Um, the application was there you know there was a real teamwork mentality i felt that we almost did enough really i mean i think there might be another day where against a different team the similar balls and similar chances lead us to getting at least one goal really yeah so that's the sometimes it it can be seen very much like it's just not one of those days um but i I just want to kind of put that out there because i just i don't want to seem like we're just being so critical about this because it's a very very good point that's it definitely there's there's draws that feel like losses and that it's not one of those but it is a draw that requires a bit of kind of extra extra thinking and knowledge to to not be slight you know not be disappointed about because as you say that the opportunity was there and but what a great position to be in that we Mm. we've come through that game against Watford we are we're sort of thinking what if um and on another day, could easily have won it. We could have had that penalty. One of the, you know, the the chance that hits the post goes in. Um, mm. Certainly, uh, another another sort of tick in a in a very positive start to the season. It's uh, there's, as I say, I mean, looking when we were looking ahead at when do we when do we emerge from sort of under the water of this twelve point deduction. I'd written off these first two games. I, I kind of thought we'd be lucky if we got one point from these two games. So for me, mm. we're definitely ahead of things, whether it's three or four points ahead of the, the current, I don't know. But we're, we're definitely ahead of where I thought we'd be. And these positives are building. I do think probably second half, if you wanted, as Gary Monk, to kind of show, yes, it's been good, but we do need that extra striker I think the second half is probably a good way to show that because Watford made the game difficult for us. They shut down the spaces. They didn't let us play through them in any way. Um, And we could have done with another option. We could have done with somebody that could win some headers up top, which we we, we don't have in the squad at this point. And I think Mm. 
where you're looking at that sort of focal point striker, that's where they would drop in. And I hope by the end of the transfer window, that's where we're a bit stronger than we are today. Um, and on another day, we could that would have been one of our options. As you say, it was pretty predictable who, the players who would come on, and it was pr- it was almost all like for like in terms of just replacing legs and and making sure that we we kind of had that turnover uh, of energy. Um, so yeah, interesting. I mean, it was an interesting tussle in terms of the game, uh, but. Yeah, we're not elated because obviously it's not it's not like last week where it's you know everything's coming up roses. Um, and midweek was so tr- such a tremendous high. I mean that was a, such a special game seeing all these young players do- doing what they did. Um, and and I suppose a draw gives you that freedom as Gary Monk to maybe make a couple of changes if you want to uh, potentially. So we'll 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 see. It's uh, it frees his hand a little bit, I think, potentially to 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 freshen things up. Because I feel like Palmer and Harris probably is going to be his first choice wing back partnership. Mm. Let's let's talk about. I think maybe we can talk about Penny when we're going through uh, scores yeah. for, for for players. Let's, um, let's do it. Let's do it. So let's go to Cameron Dawson. Cameron Dawson. Um... Sorry, I hate to kind of start this off with a sigh. I think it's <laughs> no, the problem that like he, he was. I love starting with a sigh. Yeah, um, you've got to give a seven to Dawson. Yeah. We just, I just wish there was a bit less kittens being given, <laughs> being handed out by Cameron Dawson. You know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't want him being. I don't want us going back to. Uh, you know, I don't really want us going back to fo- um, football fans at games and him being the Oprah Winfrey of look under your seat Wednesday nights is <laughs> a kitten for you all. You get a kitten. You get a Cameron Dawson's cattery is <laughs> we know where he's headed in later life. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair because he, nothing, nothing he did had a negative impact on us. Um, there's again, <laughs> it was funny late on his kicking is still, leaves a bit to be desired but i think we we're trying to manage that you know it's consistently in inconsistent um and and slightly underwhelming so i think that's why i offer is doing this thing where he drops in to try and win the headers because it doesn't quite get far enough um but uh it was just it it was funny where um pearson on the commentary was going we'll get this in behind them we'll drop it in behind them that'll be it we'll turn them round and like dawson dropped it like from quite close to the halfway line disappointingly short of in behind them is is where Cameron yeah. dropped his kick yeah. and i did think it's like we do still have that where it's somehow it goes up rather than uh up rather than long more often than not from from poor cammy uh but yeah seven is fair enough um let's go to iorfa Right side of that three in, at the back. I also was very good. I feel like um, I can maybe upgrade some of the defensive kind of um, performance. So I think I'm going to say a seven point five for Iorfa. I think that was a pretty, yeah, pretty solid kind of performance. He's looking very commanding. He's looking very relaxed. Um, yeah, I thought he was one of the better centre backs. I'm going to say today. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to go along with that as well. Uh, we saw a couple of little moments where he stretched his legs as well, which I always like to see. Mm. Uh, Tom Lees. 
I think I'll go for a seven with Lee's. You know, again, I think he's pretty decent. Um, I don't think he is doing anything that makes me. He feels a bit more. You know, he looks more confident than he's been for a while. I thought he was pretty good. I don't think he did anything that made me made me worry. I I still have this feeling though of like you know sometimes you get that feeling of you know maybe I've left uh you know maybe I've left the maybe I've left the oven on maybe I've left a candle burning in the house. <laughs> There's still sometimes a bit of that nagging feeling of like did he maybe do something um that was a bit of a clanger. I think yeah. that. That that was a bit of a poor thing where he sort of nodded it up in the air. That was just, that was a yes. bit of a bit of a yeah. poor moment for him. But maybe that's definitely the thing that kind of takes him from a seven point five down to a seven. Really. Mm. But I've got <laughs> to say again, this is a this is a pat on the back for all of the back three. I know he's getting on in years, but he's a new signing to Watford, so they must still think there's some uh, you know there's some juice remaining. Uh, Glenn Murray is exactly the sort of guy that would ruin us normally. He's exactly the sort of centre forward that makes Tom Lees look like a silly little boy and bullies him. And once again, as is Kiefer Moore, uh, once again, handled with aplomb. And really, the only moment he got was that one, that one, you know, odd, odd header up, you know, header to the edge of the box. Um, but other than that, Murray had barely any influence and, and sort of went off with his tail between his legs, which that's a real, that's a real positive for our, our defenders. I, I did think, uh, was it Perica that came on? He looked much brighter and quicker. And I, I think they'll probably end up going with him more often than Murray for our, on today's showing because that we had more problems after Perica came on. But uh, yeah, well done to the to the to Tom Lee's again in handling uh, a a big unwieldy frontman, which normally he struggles so much with. Uh, Van Van Aken or Van Aken? You know, it's it's funny in this world of the uh, the Brad Pitt fast times at Ridgemont High. Um, I don't think with the the separation of Van Aken leaving Wednesday, you know, going out to the wilderness, coming back, has the same chemistry that we all saw that Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston had with their little uh, their little chat between them as part of the script. But I'm weirdly thinking that like time <clears throat> time heals a lot of wounds, doesn't it? Really, like I I think it's it's funny that like I think he's being one of the brightest centre backs every time I've seen him play this season. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to see that he has a Sheffield Wednesday career. The thing that I thought I was going to say earlier in kind of in the notes was, um, you know, he looks like he has a new lease of life. And But the thing is, let's be honest, I mean, time, a lot of time has passed, let's be honest. And I think he's someone who's done the, um, you know, there are many sins in life. Maybe one of the bigger ones is uh, murder. And he did kind of commit a murder when he was absolutely twisted and turned all the way around, you know, in the, and when we lost four, two to the yeah. pigs at Hillsborough that yeah. year. And that was really the, that was really the nail in that coffin for Jus van Aken. But I mean, I mean, I know a lot of time has passed, but even with some of those clangers that I think he kind of has a penchant for dropping, has he been that far out of the loop, you know, compared to some of our defenders last season where it seemed like every game, it was just a, a bollock waiting to be dropped. Yes. I think I think the thing is, what he has is pace. I think he's not as strong as he needs to be at times, but that's what the benefit of this... The benefit of having three centre-backs is they don't all need to be 
powerhouses. Mm. And I think... But I also don't need them all to be, you know, playmakers. But no. Joost van Aken has that, which, you he know, does. we don't get that from Iolfa, I don't get that from Lees. And it, it's the quality you didn't know you missed, right? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, the fact that he can kind of get forward, I he had a bit in the second half where he absolutely he dropped a mini bollock to, um, he should have cleared one and he just kind of, or he was yeah. going to leave it to go out for a corner and he tried to take a touch he and then up, put it out for a corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He took a little like knee, little reflex touch because <laughs> he couldn't mm. quite trust it to roll out. And thankfully nothing came from that, that corner, or should I say from the midweek commentary from Rochdale, Carnival. 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 <laughs> Carnival. I, I, I don't know. I thought today, you know, in terms of, that's one thing I would, uh, on my little, you know, pros and cons, what, what I'd be, you know, what I'd be talking to the team about tomorrow morning or whatever. <clears throat> mm. uh, set pieces, uh, we were worrying, I think, in our defending of set pieces. We never paid for it, but it, it felt like the ball came a long way quite often. And I think there was two set pieces where like the ball touched the floor in our box, which generally is a sign that things have not gone particularly well defensively. But mm. but the, it's hard to put it. I mean, the thing is, we can't <laughs> we can't rake them over the coals for things that might have gone wrong because it didn't. I know. So I know. that's the thing. It, that's the, the sign of kind of how far we've come is we're picking we really are sort of in a way splitting hairs to find critiques because by and large it was a very thorough professional performance. So, um, yeah. So did we give a score to Eust? I'm giving a seven as well. Yeah. Seven for him. Uh, let's move up to uh, Calvin Kadeem Harris. Calvin Kadeem Harris. I'm going to go for a 7.5. Um, yeah, fantastic that you mentioned that he did have that defensive nous and mm. that pace to get him in that situation to kind of clean up, you know, once in a very big occasion. But I think a couple of occasions he also kind of popped up there. And, you know, maybe another day, maybe he um, absolutely beams one into the top corner, which is yeah. not today. But, I mean, outside of that, I don't think we can kind of take away from just how great he was at pressing and running and harrying. And, you know, a few of those occasions, obviously, just he created, he created two good chances for himself, just seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. So I think we have to give that a real positive. Um, so I, I do want to give him a 7.5 and say, yeah, very positive performance from, from um, Calvin Kadeem Harris. Yeah, nice stuff. I, I, I agree. I, I, we, we sort of spent the, uh, we spent early last season being blown away by his, his gas tank and, um, it truly is remarkable the fact he's still going and that like late breakaway run mm. he's leaving everyone for dead having played the most exhausting position in modern football for 70 minutes already he's uh he's something else he could just yeah his stamina uh, is incredible it's, it's really unbelievable obvious. and there will be mm. there will be games where he will get chances late on because he's just worn his his man down that will happen several times a season for him because he's just so fit and uh and able it's it's really fantastic um so let's move on to luongo um luongo i've gone for a 6.5 Okay. Quite a seven. I, I thought he did pretty well. Again, we're asking him to do that unglamorous job, and he's not really getting applauded, and he's maybe not being seen. 
as much. I, I thought he was okay. You know, there's a lot of industry there. Uh, I think other games, I think he'll do much better. I don't think we'll ever see him do much worse. You know, yes. I mean, he's a pretty steady 7 out of 10 player pretty much all the time. Fair enough, um, yeah. I, I think just sprinkling on it, I think a 6.5 just, just kind of says that I think there are a few days I'll be a little bit better for him than today. Not that it was too bad. I think it was it was a pretty solid performance. Yeah. I'd... We do have to remind people that, you know, the football manage, manager mentality, a 6 out of 10 is still a good game. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Even though you're often there thinking, oh, I'll, I'll bring him off, he's on a six, you know? <laughs> yes. I, I I think I'm inclined to agree. I thought it was a weird game. And in particular, I, he had a couple of moments where there was one where he passed on to the, the left flank and he hammered it at Harris. And like it came it came at about knee height to Harris on the on the uh, right, you know, right on the on the byline. Um and he, Harris sort of struggled to control it, and that put us under pressure. That's where um, Luongo took his yellow card. But that was his fault. He he smashed it at Harris. And then there was another one with Palmer, mm. where if he'd just shown a bit of composure, he, like, knocked it six feet ahead of Palmer, almost where he wanted Palmer to be rather than where Palmer was. And, I, and again, we, we could have made something from that moment if he'd just shown a little bit more patience and, and and a bit of calm so I, I think yeah i think that's fair enough i do I, there's definitely room for him to do better than he's doing in this role i think um and do you think there's the weird feeling i was thinking a lot about squad and squad rotation if injuries suspensions happen which they will you know it's we're not yeah. going to have a chart season where no one picks up anything right picks up any knocks yeah, of course um luongo's the one i'd probably probably wouldn't wouldn't be the most upset about because I think it's really the the role he's doing because we need one of those three to be defensive right I and wonder I, how I, key he is to letting the other two play how they do. that's the that's the what you that's the unknowable in this isn't it yeah but then the difficulty is they're thinking I you know maybe I as much as I hate it I'd, I don't know I think I'd rather have you know if he's gone you know for it for injury and suspension or whatever um, I think maybe I'd rather have Joey Pelopesi there because I I don't know if it's the role for FDB. Oh my goodness! I know, I know. I'm just I'm curious. I'm curious what happens, and this is bad because I I think it's mainly because I'm coming from a place of anxiety and being a Wednesdayite, and uh, surely <laughs> surely something bad's gonna happen at some point. <laughs> And I'm thinking, like, what's you know, what's the kind of secondary option? Maybe it's Liam Shaw. I don't know. It, but um, maybe it is FDB. I don't know. He's the one who, if if something happened, I I wouldn't be too upset. I really hope it's a long season for him. I hope he's. I really like this midfield three. Mm. I I like you know with the, this is moving up. You know, thinking football's a game full of partnerships on the pitch of yes. twos. Now it's thinking actually, well, we actually need three players, and I like this trio a lot. I really do. Yeah, I th- I sort of think we're just going to have to, unfortunately, just take the fact that it's we lose some of what we like about Luongo. I know, I know. I, I think that's the that's sort of the price we have to pay. But I do think I I think he I thought last week there was little glimpses of him breaking beyond just kind of going through the motions in that position. I, I didn't see them so much today. I thought I thought last week he was a, probably like a touch or a tackle away from sort of bursting through and, and making something happen. I, and I didn't, 
I didn't have that feel as much today. Uh, but I still, th- I still think he did his job very well. And for that, you've just got to, yeah. I, 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 as I say, I think just the slight frustration of he's really good. He's better than he's playing, but he's doing what he, what we need him to do. Is just going to have to be something we settle ourselves to uh, in this in this formation. But I do, yeah. There'll be days where he gets more of a more of a chance to shine. Definitely. Passing was a bit a bit so so today. Well, um, mm-hmm. speaking of passing, what about Barry Bannon? Barry oh, Bannon. Um, I I think we go for a seven for Bannon. There wasn't anything that really made me uh, cream my jeans from Barry <laughs> Bannon today. There wasn't any real. There wasn't any mm, banon moments. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Which, funnily enough, the, uh, actually, that from, you, sat, Luke. you just sit there, jeans on. I've actually got a new chant for Barry Bannon. Along the lines of uh, Rich and I's famed uh, Skype call chant. <laughs> so it's uh, Baz Bannon made me cream better than a Muller corner. He's a dream. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, he's better than all of the Muller corners, you know, but today wasn't as good as a crunch corner. Um, it was good. It was, he was good all around. Uh, I guess maybe hopefully uh, hopefully that yellow we took was for the right situation. I think it probably was. I think it definitely it was. was. Yeah. Pretty bad foul when I fell for him. Getting the ball cat the ball cuffing love, the back of his head. I loved uh I do love that um yeah, the Pearson say say he's done nothing wrong. <laughs> Oh, it was an awful, um, awful tackle. Oh dear. Um, no matter, okay, we're going to get more. Pro, you know, we'll have more performances where we get more juice from Bannon. But there were still some good moments in the middle. You yeah. Know? Not prime Bannon, but still pretty decent all round Bannon. Yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. Uh, so Matt Penny next up. Oh no, sorry. Matt Penny. I'm going to go. Uh, sorry, I've jumped. I've skipped uh, Izzy Brown. You have. Sorry. How dare I? So Izzy Brown. Um, so, Chef Van Burrell of Worst Cooks in America often tells the recruits on the red team that brown food tastes good. And true to those words, I'm loving what Izzy Brown is cooking up for us Wednesdayites. <laughs> Quality fodder that Rhodes and Windass are lapping up and coming back for seconds. <laughs> he was... He's so good. I know. I know. It, it just felt... You know, there's that weird feeling of like... I don't know if anybody really said this when he arrived. Um, but I it feels like maybe there was something in the air with this maybe, but you remember when we signed Bannon because it felt like we had, we had a deluge of, of center midfielders at that yeah. time. And it felt a bit like, um, you know, it seems a good signing, but I'm not entirely sure why we've, we've bought him. Yes. And Izzy Brown feels maybe a little bit similar. I don't think anybody said that, but he's just absolute quality. Yeah. He's such a good player. And he just looks, he has a degree of spryness to him. I mean, even purely mostly in his mind. Um, just those early moments where I told you about doing those interceptions. Yes. And like, it feels like you've got a, a midfielder who's creative at, enough. And almost like the midfielder element of like the extra yards in his head, you know? Oh, definitely. Which you'd more kind of put towards someone like Teddy Sheringham um, at Colchester. But and not purely you're making an observation about how large his forehead is. Um, <laughs> but it, it feels like he just, he just his reading of the game is a little bit more advanced. Maybe that's kind of yeah. like a weird way of thinking about like what you think about like someone like 
Kieran Lee in a weird way that you know because the game reading yes. the ability to read the game is pretty incredible and then on top of that you've got the ability for him to play some of these these balls and forward thinking balls and crosses yeah he's he's fantastic I'm a really big fan so I, I think I'm going to go with I'd say a 7.5 but I think he's our man of a match okay good call I I just yeah to me it's the I, I think I sort of hoped he would be those nice little intangible moments. You know, we, 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 we've talked uh, often um, and roundly about the kind of uh, the honey to the soup remark of uh, of Carlos. And I thought he'd be that sort of a guy, that sort of extra ingredient, mm-hmm. just sort of nipping in and making, you know, making nice little contributions, but probably by and large a passenger in the game. And I'm I'm blown away by just how much of an impact he's had, how how much he drives the team on, um, and the fact he gets his foot in and gets stuck in. Uh, yeah, what a what a great player. Mm. Uh, uh, him staying fit is going to be a big big part of of how how well things go. Uh, I think. Um, yes. You know, long, long, you know, long term in this season, but yeah, really enjoying what he's doing at this point. Uh, let's so now, now we'll scoot across. I, pre- I prematurely went to Penny, but uh, we're, we're here now uh, on merit. Uh, so Matt, Matt Penny. Um, I thought Matt Penny was all right. Um, I actually completely missed him being subbed off for Palmer. Right. I okay. I didn't really see that. Um, was I surprised? No, not so much. I thought he was okay. You know, I. I'd probably go with a 6.5. I thought he had a bit of a battle on his wing side. Um, yeah. Wasn't the side we seem to have a lot of joy with. So, you know, I don't think he was too upset or disappointed or surprised when he went off. So no. I think a 6.5 is fine. You know, I'm curious because, I mean, he's, you know, he had a really great sub appearance. And then he's had two, you know, fairly consistent games from starting on the wing against Cardiff and today. Yeah. I, I thought I thought today was worse than Cardiff. I, I, I do appreciate that there's levels of competition and, and maybe that was maybe today was a harder game for him than than last week. But I just didn't a bit like Luongo, I felt like he was on the cusp of having a much better game last time round. Whereas today I just didn't I suppose I, I didn't see the first half which or most of the first half, so that's it's maybe unfair for me to pass judgment, but I, I just didn't get that. I just, you know, I, I thought he was a moment or, you know, a foot in or a, a a ball bouncing a certain direction away from just breaking through and making some things happen uh, last week. And I, I didn't get that same feel as often to, today. But um, being fine and being all right in games against promotion contender championship teams is really good for young players. That's where we need to set expectations. I think there's room for him to grow even more which is exciting uh but just doing well or well enough and not letting the side down is is a pretty good thing <laughs> that's again mm. like this match this whole ma- uh, i guess matt penny's uh, uh, performance is a bit like the, the match in a microcosm like this was good the fact that it was just all right is still good it's still pretty good um so yeah i'm, I'm happy to sort of follow follow your lead there um jordan rhodes uh, Jordan Rhodes, Jordan Rhodes, Jordan Rhodes, six point five. Does that seem fair? I don't, I don't remember much of yeah. Jordan Rhodes. I mean, no. he, but he had a few moments. I, I think he had a really good flick on for Windus at one point. Yes, he did. That was yeah. really good in the second half. That was a really nice 
flick on before he exited the fray. Um, you mentioned that defensive header he did. That was good. It was more of a kind of use of his body, but yeah, same, same difference really. But yeah, it was a good bit of good bit of offensive work. You know, and then he, he headed against the post, which is obviously I said I can't remember what he did, but I do remember that now. I've kind of managed to <laughs> forget he about that. He was man of the match. What an incredible guy. Sorry? I was saying he was man He's of the what? match. <laughs> he was man of a match. When you add, the, add this all up. I'm... No, I'm, I'm being... <laughs> Facetious. Um, <laughs> it was okay. I mean, other games, I think he'll come better for him. I don't think he was terrible. I think he's much better. 6.5. Yeah, I think it needs a particular sort of game for him to... Whatever this is that he's he does and he's doing... <laughs> I'm so, it sounds so damning. It's so... I, but, like, it's like a limited little furrow that he's plowing in terms of the usefulness for the for the squad uh i know we sort of cited him as doing what he's there to do uh in terms of getting nicking his goal um last week but you do need to do other stuff as well and i i think this this role that monk has worked him into sort of requires the opposition to be holding a really high line um passing it around really slowly at the back like do you know what i mean that there's certain things that need to be happening for roads to come on and then be effective in in kind of leading the line for us because he can't do that with his pace or his strength or he doesn't have those natural well i suppose he must have some strength we were we we're all admiring his um his core <laughs> but today just wasn't the day to to for him to to work that sort of role as well it was just a harder slog for him if if the opposition sit a bit deeper uh he just doesn't have those opportunities he's not going to win those headers that you need to he's not going to win that sort of fight that you need to 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 make that that happen so um i think he did as well as he was ever going to do in today's game match you know against today's opposition uh we need we need an alternative to him for games like today so yeah, fair enough. Six and a half. Uh, Windas. Uh, Windas definitely give. What are we thinking? Are we think a seven point five for Windas. Or maybe yeah, I seven. I liked what you he know, did. Today. He was very. Yeah, he was very bright, wasn't he? To be honest. Mm. And again, on another day, a break, a break of the ball here or there, or a slip from a defender. And I, I just like the fact he sort of prowls around that back four, looking for, looking for somebody switching off, looking for somebody. Missing a miscuing a pass or whatever. I, I like that. I like that aspect to his game. It's uh, it's nice to see. Um, okay, uh, let's let's roll through the subs as well while we're here. So um, Liam Palmer came on for Matt Penny at fifty fifth minutes, so quite early actually. That is a very early sub, early second half sub because I it, it felt weird because I mean I I didn't expect to be any great changes around that hour, but. Uh, mm. I don't think that was, yeah, you know, that still wasn't like a bad substitution, I must say. Oh. And, you know, yeah, a good performance for the birthday boy, Liam Palmer. HBD, uh, happy 29th to uh, to the Worksop Express. Little um, slash big Liam. What a, what a great cross that was. That could have been maybe turned in from Izzy Brown on the header. Yeah, he's really up that side of his game. I, I hope that's a testament to the new coaching that we've got going in on around the the squad because uh he's in particular that just seems to he seems to have really turned a corner in that regard he's become a a dangerous we saw it midweek as well he's a he's not a guy you want to give any space to when uh when he's got the ball because he'll he'll whip in a lovely cross 
Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. nice to see that progression. I uh, think for the for that we can probably give them a seven, can't we? Yeah, I think that's good. That's fair. Let's. Um, then we had Kachunga came on at the 69th minute, maybe a bit late. I'm going to give us. I'm going to give a seven to Kachunga. I think he, yeah, I just, I really like the look of him as a player. He's mm. so alive and he wants to contest things and he has so much energy. I felt he was unfortunate with that one, which he kind of harried and then he judged to a foul of the player, which I thought was maybe a little yes, bit harsh. Because the player just stopped, which I don't think you're allowed to do in the, the game. Do you know what I mean? You're not, you, 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 have to, you have to be still playing the ball. You're not allowed to just stop and like make people bounce off you. I don't think that's, uh, yeah. Mm. I wonder if, you know, we're looking at this game as a bit of a what might have been. For me, a what might have been is what if he'd come on a bit earlier, potentially, or what if Kachunga had started the match? Because I, I feel like yeah. he, would have, he would have done better than Rhodes, probably playing the same role for the same amount of time. But maybe I'm wrong. He doesn't have the height of Rhodes. I think the interesting thing is I, I feel very similar things about Windass, you know, Kachunga and Windass as players. They're both very pacey. And the ability to kind of burst forward in those great positions, mm. you know, and really chase a ball around just to his death. Yes. I, I think that's the interesting thing because I think we naturally think about football players. I think, oh, well, you know, with some weird kind of um, codependency relationship that, like, <laughs> that maybe the the failings of Rhodes will kind of help, you know, Windass and vice versa. But yes. maybe to be a little bit harsh i mean Rhodes does have his qualities but we have to be playing a very specific game to really to get that juice from the Rhodes berries so yeah. it's it, yeah i think probably weirdly i think windass and kachunga are probably a better front to strike partnership i don't know maybe actually going from this one i think that could be i mean i think maybe you mention palmer and harris is maybe the wingback combination for yeah. next time I think same lineup. Maybe we see that change when the wingbacks with Palmer coming in for Penny, and then maybe the next change for next starting game is Kachunga instead of uh, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, it's going to be really curious to see with the midweek game, you know, away at Fulham, what lineup we're going to see with this. Definitely, because that's this that's the thing to remember. This team. So today it was picked on merit of the win that they secured uh, against Cardiff which is you know absolutely you know well done you d- and deserved um but that team was picked for Cardiff basically on the fact that that was who was there that was who was left um <laughs> because we didn't have Palmer we didn't have Kachunga yet in the door you know like those those were kind of the 11 that we had by and large so yeah given the chance to maybe change things up I wonder what our first 11 looks like I don't think it'll be huge changes. I think the midfield three is probably what you'd expect. I think Windass is pretty much first name on the team sheet. And I think the back three pick themselves. Seems like Dawson is the preferred option uh, in goal. And Harris is going to be one side of the the defence as a wing back. So it's not massive, a massive amount of places to change. Uh, but mm. I I suspect we will see those two the, the, those two positions change over time. I, I think probably our best eleven is not is not with Penny and Rhodes in it, but that maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, the final change was Adam Reach coming on for a, a, a sort of sprightly few minutes towards the end. Yeah, I don't know what we can really say about Reach. Uh, maybe give him a six to be. You know, I, I don't remember anything 
and he did. I'm going to be honest. I was slightly worried when he came on because I thought Windus had just had that amazing, brave uh, defensive block. And I thought, I don't know if you swap them around, whether Reach would be that brave. Uh, I don't know if you, you remember that chance, but it was it was a really great... Um, he did follow it up by a, a, a sort of clearance straight up in the air, which caused its own headaches. Um, I thought... I thought Reach had then had a nice little moment that that break where he sort of um, nicked it off a defender and and pushed pushed into the box. His cutback to Kachunga was really good. I just don't know why Kachunga didn't shoot first time. I don't know why Kachunga checked him checked in on himself, and that's where he kind of slipped and didn't then get to make the chance because I thought I thought he could have potentially could have just got a shot off at, at that moment. Although Foster's a big a big and a good goalkeeper, so maybe he thought he couldn't beat him from. The angle that he had, it's you know, it's fair enough. <laughs> we're not we're not perfect in 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 anything that we do, really, are we? Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, we're 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 down to minus eight on the uh, the big the big asterisk, the big uh, ticking clock uh, in terms of the points tally. Um, looking ahead, what what are you, what are you making of the next couple of uh, couple of games coming up? What are what are what we got, got next? Fulham, well, we've got Fulham next oh, Fulham. in the cup. Yes, in the cup. Yes, away again, <laughs> and then we've got Bristol City uh, away at the next weekend. Uh, I, I think we, I think we can probably crash out the EFL Cup. I think I, <laughs> I'd like to see. I, I'd really like to see the second string keep playing. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot more positives. I, it'd be nice to just kind of exit that competition. I'm a little bit tired, especially going into the next round. And then also the next drawer is away from home again. You I know, think for the round after yeah, that one. It is, yeah. Yes, yes. Which, away, away. You know, people obviously mentioned the fact that, you know, the, when we won the League Cup, um, we were away every round. I think I think that's a competition people mention. Right, okay. So maybe shades of that, but I think we're kind of really kidding ourselves. I'm gonna be honest. You know, if, if uh, it's nice to get to this stage. Um, well, the EFL is always fun for like one or two championship teams until the big teams decide. You know, when they get to like quarterfinal, semifinal, they actually play their good players, and then mm. the, the fun stops. But I, I think, <laughs> in some ways, it, you don't want to lose the momentum of what we've got. But we've got a draw. If if we if we kind of went out on penalties or something like that, what we don't want is I'm. I'm I remember having a great start under Stuart Gray and then going away to Man City in the Cup and getting pumped 7-0 and yeah. it taking us till nearly Christmas to recover. Um, we can't have that, really. We want to go and uh, have a, a creditable performance and maybe lose by the odd goal or, or, or lose on penalties or something like that. Or, I mean, or sneak a win. But I do appreciate that this, this is a taxing time in terms of the game's mounting and um these are all extra games that we don't necessarily need especially mm. whilst whilst we're still working working away at this uh this negative position got, uh, in terms of the points so yeah uh, what about bristol city they've had a sort of well i thought you i think you you had a bit a pretty damning take on their um how their season was going to go <laughs> when we were doing our season <laughs> I think we'll do. I think we'll do well against Bristol City. I I think I'm. I can see it being a more positive result than a negative result. Okay. I think we'll at least draw. I think we'll probably win. I'm confident about that game. 
Wow. Good stuff. So watchers get pummeled. <laughs> I think they naturally play with wingbacks, don't they? Because that's where that's why they um they they grabbed Hunt to play right wing back for them. Yeah, well I like that positivity. I'll go I'll go along with that, Luke. Um I think from my side of things, that's all I, I don't have anything else I think to share today. How about yourself? No. I'm done. Oh. Unfortunately, uh, Rich and I don't possess the sheer level of stamina that Kadeem Harris has for doing this <laughs> podcast. So I, I do apologize for the fans who, the people who listen for always listening and always providing uh, some really nice support and messages when we receive them. Uh, greatly appreciated. But unfortunately, oh. uh, Rich and I haven't uh, been on the same type of uh, iron brew that uh, Kadeem Calvin Harris has been on. So we can't possess that sheer level of uh, stamina. Uh, as you can probably tell that I fade at the end of every every episode when we get on to the last uh, talking about Jordan Rhodes and the uh, the substitutes that come on the pitch. Hey, you've got heavy hitting appear- uh, 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 opinions on things, Luke, and um, you know you 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 weigh in on things. So in some ways we could call you a heavyweight. That's they they tend to fade late on. You know the end of every <laughs> different gravy. Is a uh, starts off as a as a duel and ends up in a hug, uh, whilst we just try and eke out the minutes towards the end. But I do want to before we uh, before we split, I want to say uh, thank you so much to to Lord H uh, for yes. the air I offer um, meme gif um, gif brilliant that was so hilarious and um, it was really fun to see that sort of spreading around. Uh, I think it should be a thing. I mean, he needs to get scoring some goals so that we can uh, we can get some real pressure for uh, elevate to 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 make some uh, some air eye offer trainers for him or some air eye offer boots. Sure, um, and I imagine Deshaun Chancery, uh, you know, really wants to get back into the courtroom once again when uh, <laughs> when Nike Wapper 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 you know litigation against us for that one. <laughs> You can't surely you can't uh, you can't get a copyright on air. It's what we all breathe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe ask maybe ask Alton Towers with their entertaining ride of the same name. <laughs> exactly. There you go. The 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 uh, the French um, seminal pop rock uh, pop rock band as well. Exactly. <laughs> maybe we could put an e on the end of it. Air <laughs> Anyway, right. <laughs> to appeal to our uh, to appeal to our Irish fans. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. We should, uh, on that silly note, we'll say cheerio and uh, wish you all the best for the week ahead. And uh, yeah, cheery bye, Luke. I'll see you, Rich. Have a good one, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>